everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ramble Shrapnel. Unfortunately, you guys probably noticed that it's been a while since we released these little episodes or bits and pieces, but we're working to finally bring you guys some more of the conversations that you guys really care about, because this is where we take your community feedback and try to expound a little bit on the ideas that you sling our way, or maybe a little bit of something that we forgot to mention inside the episode. Today, we we didn't feel that much like we were in the mood, really, for listening to what you guys had to say. So we're just going to take it in our own direction. The topic for today is, again, space colonization. And although Mackie and I, in the main episode, did try to talk a bit more about let's call it conventional ways about exploring the great unknown or the final frontier. I think that today it would be really cool if we try to look at a a few unconventional ways that we can achieve the same thing that most people try not to go towards because of, let's just say the risk benefit analysis and maybe not the expenses like i my my one is actually i i, I would think reduces the expense the expenses somewhat but yeah we'll see where it goes so mackie how are you today doing good doing good cool. it's exciting to finally get some of these shrapnels out of the way yeah so um how much do you think about going to space or exp- uh, colonizing I- space I think we, yeah, definitely it's something I've always considered because obviously I'm very excited and I love learning new things. And I think I think space is definitely the next stepping point for humanity as a whole. If we don't go to our deepest, darkest oceans, but still, space is very much a place that we should consider exploring a bit more. And thanks to some billionaires like Elon Musk, we are making great strides towards space exploration one would hope. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. So do you have any ideas about unconventional ways to go to space or do you do you think that I should head this one up? I think you should head it up because I do have two ones and I want, I'm very curious if you speak of the same ones that I'm thinking of. Okay, so the very first one that I thought of, which I've kind of thought of a little bit in the past but not too hard so this will be a bit new for me as well is that i think one of the biggest problems about us colonizing the rest of space is that it takes an an exponential amount of fuel in order for us to to get really far distances like lightier distances throughout space and I, i don't think that we can avoid the 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 trouble that space is very still very unknown to us um not nearly as unknown as a, as the ocean but i think that it can be a bit difficult to navigate in a 3d space in that way it's not like we can just choose the something on the cardinal cardinal plane and just go in a direction instead like with 3d you can be off by such a tiny amount in your heading that you can miss something light years away completely. 
And so I actually don't think that should be something that we need to worry about um, because I don't think that we can tackle it. And why think about something that you have no chance of actually tackling? So my solution to this is that we just need to be patient for a little bit in order to, to perform the most ambitious ambitious kamikaze mission ever and (laughs) (laughs) and that is that we just wait until a comet gets really close to earth then we don't need to expend that much fuel we just need Uh a few people who are willing to to die for science and we send them to the comets so that they can piggyback off the comets into wherever the hell comet goes into space so my solution to space colonization is that you just send random seeds of terrestrial life on these spaceships to go onto the comets and see wherever the hell it goes. <laughs> it's actually pretty likely that you could start colonies on comets as little seeds, I think, because comets have water. On them they have huge amounts of water and they're also very mineral rich so if you could make some kind of a biosphere or something on a comet then well maybe you'd need to take some earth soil with you but it doesn't really need to have microbes <laughs> or anything because the, the, the comets the comets would have enough minerals on it it's just i don't know if they would have dust and dirt because that stuff would fly off of the comet um but otherwise there could be some kind of awesome technology where let's say you attach some kind of a let's say you attach your dome or your ship to the back of the comet inside the uh the wake of the comet which is like there's particles of water and stuff behind the comets that's the whole reason why they have the tail so if you think about logically that's a whole bunch of nutrients uh and okay not nutrients minerals and elements that are flying in your direction if you're in the wake so all you need is like some kind of a water harvester to pick up the water molecules and uh, a mineral harvester as well so it'll probably be a net or a uh, mesh of some kind and then you can use that in order to keep yourself alive and give the minerals and nutrients, maybe not nutrients, because that needs life, but at least the minerals that, that plants need as well um, to grow. And you can make a like a living ecosystem or something in the wake of a comet. And then you just see where it goes. Like if, if it goes close enough to another planet in a thousand years, then that's, that's then you guys just like detach the thing and land on that planet see what happens naturally you'd you'd want some like uh, like a science lab uh, or maybe like a observatory kind of affair so that you can at least analyze the the prospects and viability of planets that you're actually flying past to see whether they will be able to support human life uh, at least to a marginal degree because i uh, it might be a bit ambitious to expect that any planets will support life as we as we want but um surely we'll find something that is easier to 
uh, I forgot the word making something like earth terraform to terraform that is easier to do than Mars and we're trying to do Mars at the moment so even if we find something that's like 30% easier to, to terraform than Mars I think it would be worth it even if it's in a thousand years as far as like the rest of humanity won't be bothered by the fact that this the seed is flying through space you know so many hundreds of thousands of people die well okay maybe not that much uh, so many thousands of people die every single day like a team of 20 people isn't going to make a scratch on the surface so we should send <laughs> <laughs> like uh, space seeds all over the place on comets and uh they can just colonize in a thousand or two thousand years it doesn't matter how many generations it takes yeah so that's it's that's very... working that's working with a very strict goal of just colonizing space um i don't know if we'd be able to talk to them again but that no. doesn't matter to me my my goal is just to colonize space <laughs> so before quantum entanglement <laughs> and communicating that way i don't think that we'll ever be able to contact them again yeah it's definitely a, a one-way trip and the likelihood that we'll never ever 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 see those people again yeah. due to the fact that depending on how far they traveled on that single comet provided that comets they can find some like water and other resources within it yeah yeah so, it's, so it's here's here's the basic idea summary of the pros of my thing well and the cons cons you die you never come back you never talk to the world again and the pros are that in terms of price to distance that's unlimited because you sure it costs a lot of money to get a team of people okay just uh, escape velocity and onto the comet um you you probably don't even need to have a large enough population of people to be able to sustain it for like a hundred generations or whatever. All we need to do is send a whole bunch of people with a bunch of sperm cells and egg cells. Then you don't need to have them breathing and stuff. So we don't need to worry about incest. That's what I'm trying to get at people. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure that's going <laughs> to come to that one point. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, but I don't think we need to worry about <laughs> mutant babies. That's what I mean. Um, <laughs> and then the pros are that it will be much cheaper to get that distance because like the distance is unlimited if you're piggybacking off of the comet and yeah, we actually colonize space. Mm. Okay. I think there's a, there's obviously, as I mentioned before, some a lot of pros and cons, but I don't think it's a bad idea. Especially the fact that you take advantage of the comet's already projectile velocity, and the fact that the, that in space that your your velocity technically would be infinite. There are like the potential worst case scenarios, which I would love to touch on, is where the comet is flying through and then goes past another comet and says, "Ah, oh, guys, we're 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 about to hit that comet," <laughs> <laughs> and the humanity is literally just sitting there waiting for the end days. But, but, um, but that's but that's the thing space is space it's it's difficult to imagine the vastness of space and mm -hmm. although you can make these hypothetical scenarios that's very much in the 
the mindset of how close physical objects are to each other on Earth. But out True. in space, geez, I, I don't even think it would be much of an exaggeration to say that collisions of any kind between any celestial bodies is probably something like 0.02% of the time, if even that big, mm. just because space is so vast. Does 100%. that make sense? Maybe I'm no, pulling may stuff out of my ass here, but that seems very likely to me. I would just love to see another like potential error that could really jeopardize humanity because for the small team of 20, you have to sacrifice quite a bit of human resources just to make sure they at least have a chance of thriving, not just surviving, but, or maybe surviving, but to a point where they can survive long enough to for something else to appear that they can get to. And that's the mission to the comets. <laughs> Hopefully it's a comet not moving too fast, but not too slow. That humanity can fly their rocket right up to it and not explode on point impact. That would be pretty cool. It's, I like that idea. It's fine. It's fine. We've we've been to the moon <laughs> and stuff before. We'll figure that out. Oh, that is a really cool uh, concept, though. Like I won't lie. I would think, oh man, if that happens, that that would be so cool. We might explode, but at least we tried. <laughs> yeah, that I, I actually think it could work. We just have like. Uh, some kind of a tether to a comic and then you fly comet and then you're you're flying in the wake um like in a cocoon of, of sustainability kind of but what if we get one of the asteroids that are not like really flying past us we bring it close to earth but not to a point that it's being pulled to earth gravity and then we attach rockets on the back of the comet and when we have like the comet established like people we transferring resources and building like a hey we've got farms going they activate the rockets on the asteroid and then they just let the asteroid fly once through the rockets right on the fuel and we made our own uh i don't I'll say the fake comets flying through space yeah i don't know if that's viable and although i'm uh, look you're an engineer here but i don't think that combustion <laughs> works that way i don't think that um i don't think that you can infinitely increase the speed of a moving object in even a vacuum with any uh, kind of fuel source because I'm, I'm sure that every kind of fuel source has a maximum speed at which it can send something yes but the the fact is that you're right the only thing that stays constant is acceleration so acceleration would not go um, beyond a certain level but velocity because acceleration is the increase of velocity the velocity would increase linearly so basically you would get infinite amount of velocity acceleration would remain constant like you wouldn't get higher acceleration because you're moving faster but yes you would move faster and faster and faster and faster and faster to the point once you run out of fuel situation yeah well then if we're looking at the the cost benefits analysis of the resource expenditure then I think that your argument of how expensive it would be to get to the comet applies to this as well. Oh, because 100%, but at of... least this one has a higher chance of success. No, no, but <laughs> what I mean is any any kind of boost we try to give to the comet would actually be negligible. So it would be wasted expenses. The whole reason why True. we're piggybacking off of the comet is because it's already moving at such a high velocity. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about like these like really fast flying comets? All How comets are we supposed to land like on that. this thing? 
the only reason why they look super slow to us is because they're so far away. Yeah, so, I know, but that's what I was saying. How do we even attempt to land on this thing? <laughs> trajectory calculation. That's the only way it goes. But maybe, um, look, we're not trying to land on it if we want to somehow tether ourselves to the back. So mm, if, mm, if you mm. imagine going towards the comet, right, then you're actually trying to aim for someone somewhere directly behind the comet in the wake so that the gravity of the comet starts to pull the ship towards the comet as well. And then you just propel the ship towards the comet so that the relative speed to the comet is enough so that you can actually attack. So that hmm. there isn't so much G-forces that everybody just, I don't know, <laughs> squishes or something and breaks themselves with the actual attachment process. Does that make sense? It does. I would still love the science behind this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's. A, I think it's a little bit like. Um, it's a little bit like. Imagine there's something that's going directly upwards at 100 kilometers an hour. If you were to try to attach yourself to that thing, then your goal would probably be something like to to intersect that thing's tra trajectory at 95 kilometers an hour because maybe you could catch yourself um at like five mm. kilometers an hour because that's that's the difference there but anyway we're getting a bit technical over there everybody let us know what you think about that idea in general um we we did kind of already overlap this episode's time but let us know if you want to know Mackie's idea as well and let us know the viability of this. The comments are down below. And if you like this, please like, comment, subscribe, and maybe give us a five-star review for other platforms that don't allow liking, like Apple and Spotify. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Don't hit by, don't get hit by an asteroid. <laughs>